Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And with just a week left in April, you might think that tax season is over, but uh, April 15th isn't really the only key date throughout the year for many taxpayers. And today we're going to talk about a large segment of the population, those who need to make estimated tax payments throughout the year. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. This is Jim Mitchell, uh, as usual, here every Tuesday. And this week, uh, estimated tax payments are the topic. Now, joining me to provide the details of that topic is one of the fine attorneys from Lavelle Law Limited, Josh Nesser. Josh joins me from time to time, particularly as we discuss various topics related to taxes. So I'm, I'm glad he's back. Good afternoon, Josh. Welcome back. Thanks, Jim. Good to be here. So, you know, my first inclination, uh, and you can correct me here if I'm wrong, is to assume that, you know, most wage earners who, you know, they manage their tax obligations through normal payroll deductions, uh, you know, when they take the withholding out, um, it seems like that's the most common scenario, but um, you know, tell me a little bit about people who might not work under those you know situations. I assume maybe self-employed people would be the primary group. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, like you said, people who are earning standard W-2 wages don't have other sources of income are covered by the withholding that's taken out of their paycheck, and they don't have to worry for the most part about the estimated tax system. On the other hand, individuals who either do not receive their income in the form of W-2 wages or, in addition to their wages, have other sources of income from which taxes are not withheld, do have to worry about the estimated tax system. So it's kind of a general rule of thumb. If you're self-employed, if you're a sole proprietor, a shareholder, an S-corporation, any of those individuals, and you expect at the end of the year you will owe $1,000 or more in income taxes, aside from what's been withheld from whatever you have received, then you do need to abide by the estimated tax system. Um, and the general rule of thumb is that by the end of the year, by the time you file your return, you either want to have paid in to your taxes already 90% of what you're going to owe for that year or 100% of what you owed in the previous year. That's kind of the, the line you want to meet to make sure that you're making the required amount of deposits and that no penalties are assessed. Okay. Now, I, I just want to clarify this because I, I – um, I want to make sure people understand we have it straight. If, if you are in that group of people, um, self-employed, making income from additional sources, whatever it might be, are you suggesting that these estimated tax payments are recommended or are they, in fact, required? No. If you're going to owe more than $1,000 at, at the end of the year, then these estimated tax payments are required. And as I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll get into, penalties will be assessed against you if you do not abide by the system, meaning if you don't make sufficient payments and if you don't make them by the required deadlines. Okay. And then just to make sure we don't have a whole group of people that uh, hang up on us now and say, well, I don't have to listen, are there any circumstances in which someone who does have taxes withheld might also be required to make estimated payments? Would it be those people with a second source of income? Yeah. The the typical situation would be somebody who is an S-corporation shareholder. So without getting too technical, the company's income flows through to them, is taxed to them, so a lot of times these individuals are both paid by the company a normal salary from which taxes are withheld, but they also have that flow-through income that is taxed to them from which t- 
taxes are not withheld. So they have the W-2 income that they don't have to worry about estimated payments on. But with that flow-through income, they do still have to, to make the estimated payments because at the end of the year they're going to have a tax liability that's not going to be covered by their withholding. Okay. Okay. And as we talk about making these payments, we've established that they're required. We've set some standards for, you know, the various situations. Um, what what do the payments look like? Are they Is there a fixed schedule by which these need to be made, or is it just make sure you have it done before end of the year? There is a fixed schedule, and it's important to, to keep in line with that schedule. So they separate the year into four quarters, the first three months, second three months, mm-hmm. third quarter, and then the final three months. Um, basically, you, you separate what you think your total liability is going to be for the year into four separate deposits, and you make each deposit by the 15th day after the end of the quarter. So, for instance, the first quarter ends March 31st. Your deposit for that quarter is due April 15th. Um, and you just keep doing that. So, so you're going to make a deposit in the fourth month, in the eighth month, in the twelfth month. Actually, I probably got ahead of myself there. But basically, at the end of every quarter, wait 15 days, make a deposit. That's right. Okay. Okay. And then, in terms of you know figuring out what that calculated amount is, you mentioned earlier the 90% or 100% is is that the rule to follow then in determining how much to pay each quarter? Yeah, you are doing what you need to be doing if, by the time you file your return, you have either paid 90% of that year's liability or 100% of the taxes that you owed in the previous year. Uh, basically, you can estimate what your taxes due are going to be on your previous, based on your previous year's return and make sure that you make the deposits on time, and by the time your return is due, pay in all of the taxes you owed in the previous year, then you're, you're doing exactly what you need to be doing. If in the current year your income is going to go down, you you don't want to pay as much as you paid in the previous year because that's going to be an overpayment. You can always pay 90% of what's going to be due on this year's return, of course, based on an estimate. So if you're hitting either of those thresholds, you know you're doing the right thing you're, and meeting the payment deadlines. You're doing the right thing, and there's not going to be any type of penalty assessed against you. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about that because you've, you've mentioned, uh, obviously, the payments are required. You've mentioned the schedule and, and the calculation process. So... Uh, I think everyone should be prepared now to know what they have to do. If a payment is missed along the way, are the are the penalties uh, that you referred to, are they similar to someone who would miss their normal April 15th deadline as a standard taxpayer? Uh, they're calculated a little bit differently, and the calculation is pretty complicated and too much to get into now. But basically, it's as if they take a 3% annualized interest rate and break that up into a daily rate. And for each day you're late with your deposit, they assess interest based on the amount you've underpaid. So if you have $100 due on April 15th and you only pay $50, you're going to get a penalty on that $50 you didn't pay, and that's going to be based on a daily rate of what 3% over the year would be. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're, we're talking with Josh Nesser of Lavelle Law Limited, um, getting a great deal of information here in, in our conversation regarding obligations associated with estimated tax payments. Uh, and in addition to periodically hearing from, from Josh here on the podcast, you can also get monthly updates uh, from him by reading his IRS practice and procedure newsletter each month and other articles. They can all be found at uh, lavellelaw.com. Uh, so I recommend you stop there and get, and get some more information on this or, or any other topic. Um, as, as we talk about this today, um, we get to a point where someone knows they have the obligation um, for one of these quarterly payments. 
um, but they they know they're not ready to file on time. Do, do they have options? Uh, what what should they be doing? You kind of bring up two issues there. One is the filing deadline. There's, of course, the right. annual filing deadline. You have to file your, file your tax return by April 15th every year. Um, if you're not prepared to do that, it's not an emergency. You can request an extension. If you do so, the IRS will automatically grant you up to six more months to file that. So it's normally due April 15th. You request the extension. Uh, you have until October 15th to file your return. Now, um, with respect to estimated payments, if there's no real extension that you can request for an individual estimated payment, the best thing you want to do, or the best thing you can do, since as we talked about, the penalties are assessed on a daily basis, is figure out how much you underpaid by and pay that estimated payment as soon as you can. That's going to be the best thing you can do to to keep your payment or your penalty minimized. Okay. And are there processes that can be followed if penalties are incurred that? Um you know, can you, if you're able to catch up or do something else, can you have the penalties at least abated or uh, abated in some way? Uh, there are procedures available to have penalties abated. If it's the first time that you've failed to comply with your tax obligations, uh, there are procedures available. You can contact the IRS, say this is the first time this has happened, and, and they're supposed to automatically abate that first penalty you received. If this has happened a couple times and that that procedure is not available to you, then you can request an abatement of penalty, but it's not an automatic thing anymore, and the IRS is going to say says that they, they will only abate a penalty if you can show that you were taking care of all your finances, you, you were acting as a prudent person, but something happened outside of your control that prevented you from meeting your obligations, such as records being destroyed, um, a, a natural disaster, obviously with all the, the, the things that have gone on in the world in the past couple of weeks, um, terrorist attacks, things like the explosion in Texas, those things would certainly rise to the level uh, of reasonable cause if you were handling your other obligations and would be a strong basis to request an abatement of penalties. Now let's talk about, kind of twist that a little bit. You, we're talking there about penalties that have been um, levied already. Um, and I know I've talked to to your colleagues in the past about when you file for an extension. You mentioned you can file for an extension for your return, but generally, if I understand it correctly, you can ask that the return date be moved out. But if you have an obligation for a payment, you still need to make the payment at that time. Is that right? Yeah, and that's a great point. A lot of people misunderstand that. They think when they request that six-month filing extension, the IRS is saying, okay, you can file your return six months late, and you can also pay any balance due in six months. That's not the case. If you do that, if you pay your liability October 15th instead of April 15th, you're going to get hit with a penalty. Um, that penalty is one-half of 1% per month, and it goes all the way up to 25%. So it can turn into a, a big addition to your balance due that you didn't even know was going to come. So remember, if you're filing an extension, or if you're requesting a filing extension, that is not a payment extension. There is a form you can file called a Form 1127 to request an additional six months to pay your taxes. That's not automatic, and you have to show it's kind of that similar situation. You have to show that you're going to suffer what they call an undue hardship. Basically, if you're forced to pay your taxes on time, it's going to put you in a really bad spot. Um, if the IRS accepts that, which it doesn't do all the time, then you'll get another six months to pay your liability. But generally speaking, you want to operate under the assumption that your taxes are due April 15th, whether you're going to be filing on time or not. Otherwise, you're going to get hit with that large penalty I discussed. Okay. And then just one other thought came to mind here when we were talking about um, 
the calculating the payment and, and how much should be paid each quarter. Um, for someone who is in, in their own business and suddenly they, they have a good year, they get a new client, they get a new account, and they know that their income is going to jump for the second half of the year, uh, do they then adjust their payment, those last two payments, or adjust a payment along the way to make sure that they're staying ahead? It doesn't have to be the steady amount quarter to quarter if they know the income is going to go up or down. Right. If income is going to fluctuate throughout the year, whether expectedly or unexpectedly, you can adjust um, your, your estimated tax payments to take that into account. And it is always a good idea to pay all your tax ahead of time. If you think your liability is going to go up this year, you want to pay ahead of time so you're not having to write a check when your tax return is due. But it's good to note that the reason the IRS gives you those thresholds for minimum payments, and one of those being you have to pay at least 100% of what was due last year, that way if something unexpected happens the next year, you have all this income coming in you couldn't plan for. Even if you've underpaid throughout the year, if you've paid enough that would have satisfied your liability if it was the same as last year, you're not going to get hit with a penalty. So you're obviously going to have to pay more taxes because you've earned more income, but you weren't doing the wrong thing. The IRS understands that, and they're not going to penalize you for paying what you expected to owe. Okay. And then I guess the last question here, we, we've kind of been referring to the IRS and, and making these payments. Uh, does the same process and payment uh, plan type work for uh, state obligations as well? Uh, yeah, with Illinois, they have a similar estimated tax system. It's not the exact same, but you do want to pay your liability throughout the year. Illinois is a little bit different because it's a flat tax rate, but uh, you can estimate what your liability is going to be, make a quarterly payment similar to that that you would pay to the IRS, and that way you're going to avoid Illinois state penalties. Excellent. Uh, well, with that, uh, it means uh, we're, we're out of time here. I'm going to have to let Josh go and get back to work. I appreciate his time. Uh, our podcasts, of course, take place 4 o'clock Central every Tuesday throughout the year. And uh, once they're complete, as this one now is, they remain available for you to listen to really any time. You'll find the entire collection here on blogtalkradio.com, uh, also on iTunes. You can download from there or you can download from lavellelaw.com. So please help yourself to any of those. Uh, find the topics that interest you most and feel free to go back and give a listen. And thanks for being here today. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.